Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Don't stop. <laughs> there it goes. Hello. War is the word of the day. November 12, 2021. Huh. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Picture the offices of the Players Union. They've got nice office space. I wonder if they're virtual. Right now, they're in San Diego for the GM meetings. Coming back today, I assume. Having meetings. The next meetings are Monday in person, trying to get a collective bargaining agreement. But Tony Clark, the head of the union, was walking around the hotel suite in the hotel lobby. Huh! War! What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. The hell am I talking about? Well, a couple things. Number one, I'm alone today. Coca is not producing the show. After last night's Ravens loss, he's not resigning, apparently. This is the negotiation that took place as of early this morning. He's currently not resigning. However, the nothing personal pick of the day will no longer ever be allowed to be the Ravens or any of his other favorite teams. And I don't yet know what the list of those teams are because it's a list to be provided later. Sort of like when you have a no trade clause and every year you get to provide the number of teams. If your no trade clause says you can't be traded to six teams, each year you have to submit a list of the six teams you cannot be traded to. Detour. Have I told you? My, I, have no, I have no one to ask this, so I don't know. Man, I need you, Coca. But he's not here. That's why I'm wearing a nothing personal shirt today. I didn't have time to shower, get dressed, put on a blazer. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, I'm a little casual. I did put some water in my hair just to try to find the part just so I could be somewhat presentable but who could have time we had to get a show out and I there's a bunch of pre I don't even know if we're recording this actually so I'll only know once it's done but my thing says recording so I think it's gonna work I've got a soundboard and I don't really know how to upload it but anyway so we had a player whose agent did not submit the tr the teams to which he could not be traded to and I think it was uh, Carl Pavano, but it may not have been. I can't remember, and Coca's not here to help me, damn it. But anyway, so we the list wasn't submitted, and if you don't submit a list in time, then there's no no-trade list. So there is a – why was I talking about a no-trade list? This is unbelievable how this show is starting. Unbelievable. I am a wreck all morning. Oh, Coca. Yes, and this came from my brain, not from him. 
Coca agreed with me about two hours ago that he will submit a list of teams each year that I cannot use for nothing personal picks of the day. So we already agreed no more Ravens because the Ravens didn't cover the seven and a half against the Dolphins, which he couldn't have cared less about. He just said if the Ravens actually lose, to which there was no chance they would lose, and the Dolphins beat him 22-10. The Dolphins beat the Ravens. Are you kidding me? Forget losing the pick of the day. I lost Coca, but I don't need resumes, and I've heard from a lot of you. Thank you. He is going to be back Monday, just not today. So bear with me. But here we go. Okay, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. War. Wins above replacement is what war stands for in baseball parlance. And word came out yesterday that the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manford, put together, he didn't really do it. He's got Dan Hallam and he probably doesn't do it. Look, I didn't even turn my phone off. That's how much I can't operate without Coca. All right, I'm going to mute that. I don't know if you heard that. Did a link? That was a... Oh, there's a, an accident on 95. Okay, be, let's be careful out there, please. Oh, no, it was not an accident. Hold on. It's that there is a stretch where you're going to have to pay more. Oh, and here's the, I got to turn this off. HQ headlines are out. Dolphins surprise Ravens. Yes, they do. Pacers jazz get violent. Okay. Now, where were we? I got to turn my phone to mute, and here I go. Okay. (sighs) All right, let's start the show. War. Huh. What is it good for? Word of the day is war wins above replacement. That is what baseball, the owners and the commissioner, are now proposing is used to pay players instead of arbitration. Everyone take a breath and stay calm. I want to explain this because the internet has gone crazy. When you are negotiating a collective bargaining agreement, both sides prior to the expiration of the agreement, send proposals back and forth on core economic issues, and you try to come up with any sort of, this is, I'm I'm holding two circles together. Have you ever done this? If you're on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. I'm holding two circles together like they're a binocular. And when there's no intersecting points with the two circles, you've got the players union and you've got the commissioner's office and the owners, and there's no intersecting circles. But they keep submitting proposals back and forth, back and forth, and they look for where their proposals could possibly intersect. And that point of intersection becomes part of the final agreement. But the majority of the proposals going back and forth, they are outside of the bounds of intersected points, and therefore they don't become part of the final agreement because one side or the other says, no chance, toilet pants, thank you very much. But the way these proposals come to live and come to be written and come to be submitted is that a group of people who work in the LRD, the Labor Relations Department for MLB, Every time I do all these initials, I feel like the song from Hair. Hair is the Broadway musical that I love and I do listen to when I'm running. There are a bunch of songs from Hair. I knew a boy named Frank Mills. I think his name is Frank Mills is the name of a great song. Anyway, Hair was really quite progressive in its time. Nudity on stage. Nudity on stage on Broadway. Hair. 
And there was a movie made about it with John Savage and with Treat Williams and with Beverly D'Angelo, who you may know from the vacation movies. <sighs> hair. Don't know why I'd be talking about hair. What day is today? It feels like it's got to be a Friday because I'm a little scrambled, which happens on Fridays. I'm a little fermished at the moment, which is a Yiddish word for all over the place because Coca did not do the proper pregame with me because he's on strike. Is this a lockout or a strike? I think Coco would be considered a player, and I guess I'm considered a management, so he is officially on strike. So I don't really have an order in which to discuss things. Don't give up on me. Don't press pause. Don't not listen to the whole 45 minutes. I don't even know if I'm going to get to 45 minutes today, but I do have a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. We got to start with this back and forth with labor. So agreements, uh, proposals are made, but it's not Rob who writes them. He's got people who work for him in the LRD under Dan Hallam, who runs sort of the labor relations department, took over the job that Rob had under Bud Selig. But under Dan, there are a lot of smart people who draft these provisions because when you're doing a new collective bargaining agreement, you take the old collective bargaining agreement and you make changes to it. And then you submit the red line, which is a legal word if you're doing a document. Actually, red line may be on um, this document thing that I do the show with, there's a way to see changes and track changes so you can see where the changes are and who's made what changes, when and where and how. I, I don't know which button to press, but there's a way to do it that Coco once told me, but I've never looked. So he can see when I create documents. So he'll see me in the morning and he'll say, hey, you're tough night. Uh, why do you say that? Well, you were, you were futzing around with today's show at 2.45 a.m., I said, yes, how would you know that? He said, because it's in the document, the time that you do everything, which I find way too Orwellian, totally bothers me. I wonder if I can turn that off. Hey, Google. Hey, Siri, can you? No, no, Siri, don't, don't, don't answer. Hey, Siri, can you turn off that timestamp stuff? No? Okay. So all of these changes are sent. They're done. Submitted up. The commissioner reads them. Then he calls a bunch of owners, and they come up with this document that they're going to propose. The most recent economic proposal that has been leaked, of course, and that has been reported by The Athletic, and Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick are your, uh, your, your sources for the leaks this year, which is good because they're sort of saying what's happening, what's not happening, so you can keep track. Arbitration is something that you're familiar with by being a nothing personal listener and viewer arbitration is after a player has three years of service which means three years in the big leagues and before they attain free agency so before they attain six years of service after six years you can play wherever you want you're a free agent before three years you can only play for the team which drafted you and you have to be paid the minimum salary not a dollar more but in between years three and six, there's something called arbitration, where you go into a room, you submit a salary, the player submits a salary, and three people sit at the front of the room and decide whether your salary wins or the player's salary wins. There's no in-between. There's a winner and a loser. Now, over the years, agents have been able to get players to sign with them by saying, hey, 
during the arbitration process, I'm going to do your arbitration and I'm only going to charge you 10 grand. Or I'm going to do your arbitration. I won't charge you anything. It's part of the services for the 5% that, that, that I charge for your contract. Of course, some agencies then farm out their arbitration to third parties and cover those costs themselves and don't always pass them on to the players. Teams, and I was one of them, they can either hire outside counsel to do their arbitration or what we did is we had our general counsel do the arbitrations. It's like an actual lawsuit. You're in court, but you're at a table in either Tampa or Arizona. And there's arbitrators sitting there and you're sitting across from the player and you've got your GM, you've got your assistant GM, you've got your person who's arguing the case. There's an order that everyone sits. The person doing the arguing sits the closest to the arbitrators often. Sometimes you have me, the president, sitting closer. I went to every arbitration. Most presidents don't. Owners don't like arbitration because they fear the players aren't going to like them if they go to arbitration. Agents don't like arbitration because they have to work harder for their 5% and they tell owners, don't go to arbitration. The player's gonna remember that. He's not gonna wanna sign with you. He's gonna be super angry come spring training because in arbitration, you basically argue in front of the player why he stinks and doesn't deserve the money that he wants. The player then argues why he's so great and why management stinks and why management is trying to underpay. It's a very difficult process, but not for me. I used to love arbitration because it would be very disarming for the arbitrators to watch me talking to players, both before the case, during the case, after the case. There's not one player who I went to arbitration with who I didn't have a conversation with before. Maybe I didn't meet. I've told you I met Kevin Gregg when we traded for him in the arbitration room. I'd never met him before. We took him to arbitration before we even knew the guy. I've gone to arbitration with Miguel Cabrera, with Dan Ugla, with Cody Ross. It doesn't matter the caliber of player. If you have a different view of what you're worth than I have of what you're worth, we're going to go to arbitration. But owners generally are wussies, and they're worried about not being liked. So owners would love to get rid of arbitration except they don't want to pay more money to the players. They just don't want to have the arbitration process. And what is the way you get rid of arbitration? You set up what you pay the players in advance where there's no argument. So for example, when a player is brand new, rookie, up to three years, you call the player and say, hey, you're making $600,000. See you in spring training, bye. Wouldn't it be great if between years three and six, you got to call the player and say, hey, I'm not saying you're worth this more or less, but according to the collective bargain agreement, you make the following amount. Yahtzee, what a great plan for owners. So Major League Baseball submitted a proposal that said that all players who are in arbitration will be paid according to a formula that will be based on war. Huh? Wins above replacement. It's a very sexy stat that all of these statistical analytical people use. A win above replacement means if I replaced you with a league average player, 
how many fewer wins would my team have? Conversely, if I sign you and I play you every day at shortstop and pay you $30 million a year, I'm just curious, how much greater will you be to our bottom line than Miguel Rojas? Great shortstop, great guy. Clearly not Corey Seager or Trevor Story or Carlos Correa. Then you add up all the wins and you say, ooh, we won 81 games last year. We need to add 13 wins to our lineup, to our pitching staff, to our roster, and then bing, bang, boom, we're going to win 94 games. 94 games has a 79% chance of winning this division, an 87% chance of making the playoffs. Do you think that's how GMs run their team? Just throwing it out there. GMs always talk about wins above replacement. They just do it because they want to sound cool. GMs talk about dollars per victory. They do that math. These Ivy League educated people, lawyers, whatever they are, GMs, they come in and say, David, every win is going to cost you about additional win. That's additional win. It's going to cost you about $6.2 million. So you're signing this player and he wants $12 million. He is not worth two extra wins. Therefore, he's not worth it. And they'll talk to you about dollars and cents, C-E-N-T-S, and trying to make you make S-E-N-S-E of all the different statistics and the different reasons to sign players. And then they look at the war and they'll do, they'll say to you, this, this really is going to be great for our team, David, I promise you. That's not how it works, folks. When you are doing roster construction, roster, 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 roster. I can't even wipe it. I can't even start over by saying 69 times three. It doesn't matter because there's coca, nothing, not, hello. By the way, see this earpiece I'm wearing? I'm taking it out. He's not even there. I put it in by habit. There, it's just sort of floating around. Hello, hello. You know what? I'm throwing it away. It's totally useless. My voice sounds different with the earpiece not in. I can hear myself way better. That's strange. It's very off-putting. Okay, not my voice. I'm saying the, the pitch of my voice or the volume of my voice. I guess when, when you wear an earpiece when you're on camera, you really aren't hearing your voice in the level at which it usually is. So the reason baseball wanted to put war into the equation for arbitration is they're looking for any formula that the players would agree to because a formula would take away all the expense of arbitration except what they're not telling you in their leaked story and in their proposal is that they want to provide a pool of money to all pre-free agent players and that pool of money will be divided and split amongst those eligible players to receive it and to do that, you need a formula to split it. And the formula they want to use involves war. Major League Baseball was not serious with that proposal, I promise you. For everybody going crazy and getting upset and everyone thinking, oh my God, it's so horrible. The union's not going to like it. The union already came out according to a source and said it's a non-starter. Of course it's a non-starter. You think baseball really meant that? All baseball's trying to do is to help you accomplish what you want the union has said they want more money going to younger players great baseball said no problem just split the pie differently more money to younger players 
and less money to older players equals the same amount of money that's going to players. If I'm an owner or a president, I don't care who gets the money. I care about the total aggregate amount. Fight amongst yourselves if you're the union. Let the old players fight with the young players. Let the middle class players try to wedge their way back in so they get a piece of the action. The reason why middle class players have fallen by the wayside is that players making fewer dollars are able to do just as much as players in the middle class. So why not pay fewer dollars? Because the rules say that when you're in arbitration, you have to make a certain amount. That's why more players get non-tendered. That's why teams generally don't want arbitration eligible players like a Kyle Schwarber who's making more money than they're worth. It's all about the total number of dollars and how they're allocated. I don't know why the union doesn't realize this. Because what the commissioner's office is doing is so transparent. But lest you worry, there is zero chance. When I say zero, I want to be very clear what zero means. There is zero chance that war will be used to formulate salary for arbitration-eligible players or to get rid of arbitration altogether. Zero. Two, this whole free agency at 29 and a half business, did you read about that? Where every player is a free agent, not when they have six years of service, but when they turn 29 and a half. Good luck. Aaron Judge is knocking on the doors in San Diego. Hey, that's great. Can we do that? Because Aaron Judge is going to be a free agent after he's 29 and a half. So he would have been a free agent this year and he would have been all excited because he would have made way more money than he's going to make as an arbitration eligible player. No, he's not. Do you know how arbitration works in your final year of arbitration eligibility? Here's a little water cooler note for you. You are allowed when you are a first year eligible player, arbitration eligible. When you are trying to say what you're worth and you're arguing before the arbitrators, you have to have comparable players show what they're making and show where you are according to those players and then your salary fits in that range but when you are an arbitration eligible player in your first year you can only compare yourself to other first time first year arbitration eligible players but when you're in your last year of arbitration you get to compare yourself to free agents so you get to compare yourself to anyone so Aaron Judge, when he goes to arbitration this year with the Yankees, gets to compare his salary to everybody and then have it fit into the arbitration system. But if he were a free agent, he'd be able to get multiple years. In arbitration, he's only going to get one year. So Aaron Judge would love for free agency to be at 29 and a half. But you know who wouldn't? How about Carlos Correa? How about Bryce Harper? How about the really good players who get to the big leagues young, get to six years of service young, get to free agency young, and then get to cash in on very, very long deals? They don't want to wait till 29 and a half. So here's a little nugget for you. Wait to see. Wait to see is when we say something's going to happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. We had a wait to see earlier that arbitration will survive. Well, I'm doubling down. We're waiting to see again. Arbitration will survive, but I'm going to add to it. Free agency, once this collective bargaining agreement has been agreed to, 
whenever that is, whether it's before December 1st at 11.59 p.m., don't hold your breath. I'm holding my breath. I'm just kidding. That wasn't a cough, and I wasn't really holding my breath. But likely before games are missed next year. When the new CBA comes out, guess what? Free agency will have nothing to do with how old you are. Zero. Arbitration lives. Free agency will not be associated with age. That's my baseball update. I do have a wait to see that I lost. I can't remember the date, and Coke is not here to give it to me, and I just remembered it. Talking about that Ravens-Dolphins game. Did you see that Tua Tavagailoa came into play quarterback? Uh, He was backing up Jacoby Brissett. And I had to wait to see the two would start every game that he was healthy. He didn't start. He was a backup, and he was good enough to play. And he led the team to victory. Go Tua! Okay, when we come back, I watched the Bond movie. And then we're going to talk about my favorite basketball team. We are New York. We are the New York Knicks. We can't win at the Garden, but we're going to keep trying. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It is Friday, and I am here without Coca. My ear, look, here's my earpiece. If you're on YouTube, please go to YouTube. It's Nothing Personal with David Sampson on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. This earpiece that I'm showing you usually has Coca in it, but he's not in it because the Ravens lost to the Dolphins. So if you missed the beginning of the show, which you didn't because the numbers say that you're listening to the whole thing, Coca's staying with me, but he's not coming back till Monday. And he's not letting me ever pick the Ravens again. But I still watch movies every day. So I I spent all of Lebetard yesterday. By the way, they totally mismarked. You don't realize the importance. Excuse me. It was a sneeze. You don't recognize the importance of producers. They come up with the names of all the shows that we do. So I don't know what this show is going to be named. I think it's going to be unnamed. Because I have to find a way to get it into the podosphere. Is that a word? Podosphere? Atmosphere? So there's a name. The Levitard show that I was on yesterday, every Thursday, said David Sampson's top five military movies. They weren't military movies. They were veterans movies. Big difference. And so it was mislabeled. So sometimes that happens, I guess. So someone made a correction. Corrections are when I get something wrong, and I get something wrong often. 
and I had a mistake on the Lebitard show because I don't think it was on Nothing Personal, but it may have been. I was talking about uh, movies The Deer Hunter and Coming Home. Maybe it was on Nothing Personal because I reviewed Coming Home yesterday, as I recall. And I said The Deer Hunter starred Robert Duvall and Martin Sheen. Of course that was wrong, and it sounded wrong when I said it, but I didn't know why it was wrong, and you correctly pointed it out to me. Thank you to all the people. And by the way, this did not fall on deaf ears. There were scores of you who heard this and corrected it. Duval and Sheen were an apocalypse now. Deer Hunter is the one with John Savage, the aforementioned guy from Hair, and Robert De Niro. Sorry. Christopher Walken, remember? That's Deer Hunter. Thank you for that correction. So also on Levitard, we talked about James Bond quite a bit, and I had not seen No Time to Die, but I watched it yesterday, two hours and 45 minutes, 165 minutes of a James Bond movie, the longest James Bond movie by over 13 minutes. And it is Daniel Craig's last movie, which I'm sad about because I love Daniel Craig. He is my second favorite Bond after Sir Roger Moore. I like Craig above Sean Connery. I know that's a weird take, but it really is true. And I like Craig above Brosnan, who I love Pierce Brosnan. And I like him above Timothy Dalton. Didn't like Timothy Dalton. I wonder who will be next. I don't love that Daniel Craig sullied No Time to Die by saying he didn't want to do Bond. But then, he, of course, he agreed to do it because he got paid. Why wouldn't you? He didn't do as many of his own stunts because his wife, Rachel Wise, didn't want him to keep getting hurt. He kept getting hurt. He said, I'm not a young man anymore. The concept of no time to die is that it's not the right time to die. Or is it? Billie Eilish sings the song, No Time to Die. She wrote it. I think she may have won an award for it before the movie even came out, though I don't know for sure. And we won't know because Coke is not here. And uh, the villain is played by Freddie Mercury. I got to tell you, if you're a James Bond fan, you got to watch the movie. If you've never seen a James Bond movie, don't start with No Time to Die. If you need to start watching James Bond films and I had to give you the number one place to start, I would probably tell you to start with Casino Royale, which is, I believe, Daniel Craig's first James Bond movie. Because I want you to see sort of what it is now but then go back to the For Your Eyes Only and Octopussy, the Roger Moore movies, A View to a Kill with Christopher Walken and Grace Jones. Do you know Grace Jones was supposed to be in No Time to Die and she was the Bond girl in A View to a Kill and she had such a small part in No Time to Die that when she got the script and looked at it, she said, forget it, I'm way too good to have such a small role, which is funny because what is Grace Jones doing now? No Time to Die. It's worth it. I paid $19.99 because it's now available for rent. And if you watch it in the theater, it's worth it. If you watch it at home, it's worth it. It's not like Dune where people said I should have seen it on a bigger screen. It is a movie that you can see wherever you are and just have fun with it. I think I'm going to watch a movie this weekend. There's a new movie. I got to check the name of it. Um, it's with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. And I just read Notice. So I'm going to review Red Notice next week because I'm going to watch that this weekend for sure. And I'm also going to watch, uh, I'm going to be watching the morning show. I'll be reviewing that. The season is coming to an end at the end of next week. People wanted to know the kind of stuff I'm going to be reviewing. And there's another movie I wanted to watch today, I think this weekend. I think it's called Titan. Basically, I got a list. 
Someone sent me, thank you very much, sort of the 30 Oscar hopeful movies. So it was in Hollywood Reporter. It's 30 Oscar hopefuls as they enter the race for best picture. So I'm going to just work my way through all of them when they come out and when they start streaming. And one of, a bunch of them we've already reviewed. But, the, oh, there's the new uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda movie called TikTok or TikTok Bang. That is just came out today, and I will be watching that this weekend as well. I think those will be my weekend movies. Red Notice and Tick Tick Bang or Tick Tock Tick. I can't find it right now, but you'll find it. It's the new Lin-Manuel Miranda movie. Okay, what happened with the Knicks? Do you remember when the Knicks had the best record in the Eastern Conference after five games? I think the New York Knicks were 4-1, and one, and everyone was super excited about that. How great is it? They're going to keep this. There was an article that said, there's no reason the Knicks won't be the number one seed for the rest of the season. And I smiled. I said, well, there's 15 reasons, meaning the number of players on the Knicks. Those are the reasons why they won't be the number one seed. The Knicks have had a hard time winning on the road. Uh, strike that. I'd say cut that, but I don't know how to cut anything, so we're not going to cut it. So I can't even say 14-28-69. The Knicks have had a hard time winning at home this year. They've done much better on the road. They're totally inconsistent. Their new coach, Tom Thibodeau, he's been around a couple years now. He looks as bad as Jeff Van Gundy looked when he was coaching the Knicks. He looks exhausted, and we're only like 10 games into the season. Well, they were playing the Milwaukee Bucks on a pick of the day a couple days ago that we won when the Bucks prevailed 112-100. And it turns out that at the end of that game, for the entire fourth quarter, he benched all of his starters. He was so angry with those starters for how poorly they were playing and giving up a, a, a basically losing to the Bucks and having a huge deficit to overcome in the second quarter or third quarter. He benched the whole starters. He was so annoyed. The bench players come in, led by Derrick Rose, the former MVP, and they get the Knicks back in the game. They actually tie the score, but then the Bucks go on to win by 12, and the Bucks cover because they were getting three and a half. And I didn't think anything of it until Tom Thibodeau gave a quote yesterday. And his quote yesterday talked about the fact that chemistry doesn't matter. He said that it's not that they need more time, these bench players, these starting players, because the starting players for the Knicks as a group of five have played together this year more than any other five players in all of basketball. Not starting fives, any combination of five players. The five starting Knicks have played more minutes on the floor together than any other combination of five players for any other team. So Thibodeau said, hey, listen, it's not that it takes 10 games or 20 games or 30 games. Because if you keep giving excuse that chemistry is not yet acquired and that's why they're not playing well together, because they play a lot together, but they have a negative rating, terrible negative rating, actually. But we can't wait for the chemistry because before you know it, the season's over. And I wanted to talk about that because it is a great concept. When you're running a team, one of the things you're asked by the owner, by your owner, how are things in the clubhouse? How's the chemistry of the team? The media asks that question a lot. It's a very strange concept that people talk about. Chemistry. How is it? 
because people are under the mistaken impression that chemistry leads to winning and they've got it backwards. Winning leads to chemistry. You don't need to like the players you're with. You don't need to have 40 games under your belt. This is the excuse that they make in basketball. You got to know where the guy is. We, we read each other's minds. I know when he's going to cut back door. I know when he's going to go pick and roll. I know when he's going to float off the wing and be there right behind the three-point line so I don't even have to look. It's like the quarterback and the wide receiver. I just know where he is because we played so long together. Horse hockey. Wide receivers are where they're supposed to be because that's where the play tells them they're supposed to be and the quarterback knows the playbook, the wide receiver knows the playbook, so the quarterback will throw where the wide receiver's supposed to be according to the play that's called. And the issue that happens is, uh-oh, what happens when the wide receiver or the quarterback doesn't remember the play that's called? That's called an interception. In basketball, you've got once in a while the coaches who raise up two fingers, two, four, six, eight, calling plays, but the NBA today has become a chuck and duck league. You go down, and if you can't dunk the ball, you get out to the three-point line and you shoot a three. You drive and dish. That's it. You've got three people who camp out behind the three-point line. The days of like Patrick Ewing on the post where the ball gets into the post and then he ball fakes. Sometimes he dishes, turn around jump shot or does a two-step to the hole for a layup or a dunk. Sometimes a layup when it should have been a dunk. That's not the NBA anymore. What are you talking about? What chemistry is needed when you're running the floor to know where everyone is and to dream about where they're going to be? It's a bunch of crap. The players just aren't good enough. In baseball, chemistry is absolutely zero impact. Zero. Baseball is an individual sport. But the double play combination will tell you, and people who write articles about baseball or people who are in the media will say, oh, it's very important that the shortstop and second baseman, they got to know where they are for their double play combination. We never practiced chemistry one time, and we had gold glovers all over the field. We never had players who liked each other We had groups of players who were okay with each other, but it's not like they were socializing or friends. Some of them were. Some of them were close friends. Do you think it's important for the right fielder and the closer to have chemistry? Ooh, I got to know if he's going to throw the splitter. I'm going to stand in a different place. Oi, Tom. You're just frustrated. I don't blame you. That's sort of the problem with starting off a season well, isn't it? Your fan base gets all frothy, like everything's going to be good. We're going to have a great year. We're going to outperform expectations. All these power rankings, first power rankings, Knicks number one or two or Heat number one. The Heat just lost to the, I think they lost back, out, back, back, Lakers, Clippers, back to back. Jimmy Butler's hurt, but the Heat at one point were number one because they were playing well. Now they're seven and five. It doesn't matter. When are you going to learn that the only thing that matters is where you are at the end of the playoffs? The rest of us are just losers. Do you know how often the front office looks at these power rankings? These TV shows stop the map. That's not even a word. They stop the broadcast. Breaking news. This week's power rankings. CBS hires five guys to give you power rankings. 
If you are an executive, you don't even look at them. Oh, look, we're number 15. We're up five spots. Who cares? Oh, we're number one. We must be the best team in the league. Do I get my finger size for a ring because of where I am in the power rankings? Give me a break. All right. We are 147 and 132. Hip, hip. Hooray. We're still 15 over, Coca. Get over it. I'm talking to myself. All right. We're going to give three weekend picks. Two weeks ago, we were 3-0. and Last weekend, we were 1-2. and We're going NBA, CFB, and NFL. I'm going to start tonight. It's Friday. Guess what? The New York Knicks are on the road giving a point to the Jordans. The New York Knicks are on the road giving a point to the Jordans. We're taking the Hornets plus one. Saturday. I've asked all the gamblers who work at CBS, and believe me, there's a plethora of them taking up all of the payroll space, which is why Coca needs more listeners to Nothing Personal so we can figure out how to make more money for everybody. Could someone explain to me how a team gets 51 points? I guess that Alabama could win 79 to 12. I'm still taking New Mexico plus 51, just in complete protest of a 51-point line. It's totally wrong. Now, I grant you Alabama could cover, but that's the pick of Saturday. New Mexico plus 51. I'm hoping for a final score of 72 to 22. Wait to see. All right, Sunday. We got a situation with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I told you I can never take the Jets again, and I told you I wouldn't. I can't take the Ravens. Did you see the Buffalo Bills lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week? Nine to six in a real barn burner. I don't recall what Urban Oscar Meyer said about that win, because when he beat the Dolphins in London, he celebrated like it was 1999. So I'm actually wondering how he celebrated beating the Bills, who were actually a good team. All I know is that by the Jaguars beating the Bills last week, the Jets are in deep trouble this week. The Bills are giving 12. The Bills will crush the Jets. I assure you, they are not losing back-to-back games. Not a chance. So the three picks for the weekend, Hornets plus one over the Knicks, New Mexico plus 51 over Alabama, and the Bills minus 12 over the Jets. I'm going to close the week on a story that came out yesterday that made me question why I'm a lawyer. It made me think about the way lawyers are forced to be and they say it that they're only doing it so they can advocate for their client. And I agree that everybody deserves a defense. Absolutely. I also believe in innocent until proven guilty. But I also believe that Shakespeare may not have been wrong, that a thousand lawyers at the bottom of the sea is a good start. It's not really Shakespeare, but it's close. This week's worst story was the death that took place of a innocent driver in Las Vegas driving with a dog, got hit by Henry Ruggs, who was driving 156 miles an hour. 156 miles an hour. They're saying the impact, he may have been driving a buck 22. 
Henry Ruggs has been charged with several felonies. Henry Ruggs will serve jail time. He was released by the Raiders as part of the just bad stretch the Raiders have been through. Nothing compared to the person who died in the car accident. And I know car accidents happen every day. And I know lawyers have a job to do. They're personal injury lawyers who they are trying to get money from as plaintiff's lawyers, trying to get money from manufacturers, protecting us against manufacturer defects. I know that there are affirmative defenses to acts. Truth is an affirmative defense. I also know there's something called contributory negligence. I know what happened was bad and I did a bad thing, but if you hadn't done this bad thing, then my bad thing would not have been so bad. Juries have to decide and allocate blame. You contributed 20% to your lot in life. Therefore, if you're going to get money from this company, you're only getting 80% of what you thought you were going to get or 80% of the damage claim. Henry Ruggs' lawyers came out yesterday. They really did. And they said in a court filing in Las Vegas where they are trying to access through court order the internal documents that were used by fire and police to respond to the accident, that the firemen did not attempt to extinguish the fire at Ms. Tintor's vehicle for approximately 20 minutes, at which time the entire vehicle was engulfed in flames. That's what Ruggs' defense attorneys said in a Wednesday court filing. They apparently have a witness that says the car was not really on fire, that the woman could have been saved, so I can't be charged with wrongful death because you, the firemen, the great first responders, contributed to the negligence, contributed to the death. You were negligent, forcing a statement by the county in Las Vegas saying there were no delays in response or in the attack on the fire. The captain on the scene reported that the vehicle was fully involved in fire upon arrival and the passenger compartment was not survivable for anyone inside. Do you know what's going on here? The public, meaning the fire department, police department, and Henry Ruggs are setting up a lawsuit they're setting up their positions for when the civil lawsuit comes from the Tintor family. They're setting up for a defense when he is charged criminally. And one of the charges, he can't fight the DUI. He can't fight the reckless endangerment with speed. But setting up the defense to murder. He's not going to be charged with murder, but vehicular manslaughter for sure. We'll wait to see what the actual charges are. And I just kept thinking the entire time that if I am going to believe that everyone deserves a defense, if I'm to believe that everyone is innocent to proven guilty, I have no choice but to understand why Ruggs' attorneys did what they did and said what they said. And intellectually, I get it. But it doesn't sit well. And I've been having this internal fight since yesterday. And you know what won out? His lawyers have the right to say it. And now they have to prove it. And as much as it hurts, that's when you actually know what you are about and what you believe in. 
Believing in something that's easy, that doesn't take much. Believing in something that hurts so much when it's applied to a circumstance that you are so vehemently disagreed, dis in, in, in non-agreeance with, that's when you test your inner core and your moral compass and your set of beliefs. Ruggs has the right to claim anything he wants. Will it work? No. Is it just business? Yeah. Thanks for a great week. That's our show. This is Nothing Personal. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.